Get ready for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, your weekly breakdown of everything uh, District 4 in the state of Idaho. Uh, my name is Brandon Bainey, and we are joined today by the pride of the Flint tropics, Jackie Moon. That's right. Jackie Moon in the house. I thought it would be fitting just to uh, introduce some boys basketball previews. And uh, I mean, who else other than Jackie Moon? Let him run around and distract the uh, distract the other team for a bit. That's right. Yeah, we were talking about this before we hopped on the air. Uh, that, that's Scott Burton, by the way, for the for those that may not know or, or listening audio only uh, on IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcast. If you're watching the video, you'll see Scott today. He's got his uh, Flint Tropics jersey on. Jackie Moon, of course, was the, the fictional character in the movie Semi-Pro with Will Ferrell. And uh, yeah, we were talking before we hopped on. Uh, my, my favorite scene in the movie is there at practice, and you know, Will Ferrell, Jackie Moon. He's just, I'm, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. You know, what? I'm just going to be a decoy on this play. I'll just, I'll distract the t- the defense. And Woody Harrelson's the coach, and he's, you run the play, Jackie Moon. <laughs> and anyways, oh my gosh, just hilarious. And that kind of stuff is, uh, I think th- that silly, stupid comedy is lost on this new generation for some reason it's you know you talk about things like dumb and dumber and it's like what i don't get it what dumb and dumber it's like oh dude that is such a classic and they don't even know speaking of comedy i'm headed up to uh bill burr tonight in boise got uh, four seats right there right in front of the stage uh so it's going to be it's it's a comedy filled day even though i'm sick uh from state football still thanks a lot paul I told my daughters that uh, I have all this work to do. And one of them said, uh, Daddy, you need to eat arugula. But she said it in an English accent. So I didn't even know what that arugula. And I was like, honey, it's green. And so that's what I've been doing is eating green salad, calling it arugula for my daughter. And so hopefully I get better. Ugh. Arugula is trash. That, that might be a hot take, but I don't enjoy arugula uh, at all. It no. is not good. I don't know. Yeah. And I'll pass, but I'll call it that just for her sake. <laughs> you know, I'd much rather uh, have a corn dog. I was going to ask uh, back to semi-pro real quick. Do you have do you have a similar promotion at Jerome, where if the team scores, you know, a hundred points, you know, free corn dogs for everybody in attendance? Like from nope, the we don't. Uh, we don't. We just uh, we just try to get one win at a time, Brandon. We're not gonna we're not gonna push the hundred points or the five three pointers or anything like that because next thing you know, we get in a situation where you know we're fortunate enough to be ahead i got guys banging threes and uh i don't want to send that kind of message but uh well we'll 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 try to we need to come up with something though that's a little bit more kind of grounded yeah no for sure uh so let i mean let's talk about it let's dive right into our boys basketball preview that's what we're doing this week here on the magic valley prep cast and let let's start with jerome and the conference that they're in the great basin conference to me the biggest storyline preseason and now into the regular season for this conference and we'll talk about the, the preseason coaches poll and how they assess the teams but I think the conversation has to start with Jerome Jerome's kind of you know led this conference the last couple of years but man devastating news in the preseason with Scotty Cook uh fantastic ball handler yeah. lead guard for Jerome uh injured his knee right out for the season yeah he is done for the year ACL and he was you know, he was the guy that was going to compete for state 4A player of the year. I mean, he would have been a four-year varsity starter. 
you know, and he's a floor general, point guard, can score, makes everybody around him him better. So, you know, the loss of him was was really devastating just because Jerome was coming off that big, big season where they made it to the state semifinals and dang near knocked off Pokey. But they have some young players that are stepping up right now that are so far getting the job done. It's, you know, when we talk more about this conference, um, some of these young players are going to get them their names noticed because they have to step up. And so far through three games, it's been okay. Yes, yeah, Skylar Maurer is still there. Keenan Blair has been another key player for Jerome early on. In, in the preseason coaches poll, we pulled all the coaches in the Great Basin Conference. They picked Jerome to finish fourth. And so your top three, and I think the Scotty Cook news probably played into that a little bit. Sure. Uh, Twin Twin Falls was picked to, to win the league. Uh, big respect for Coach James Glenn and the program he's built over there at Twin. Minico was picked second. Burley was picked to finish third. Really, this and, and and you know, Twin Falls is the top team, Scott. They played Wood River last night and got out of there with a two-point win. So I think Wood River is a team that maybe people are sleeping on as well. Oh, I I, I say this conference is so much parity and so wide open that it really could be anything. I mean, let's just go right down the top. I mean, I think Twin is the favorite. You know, they are they're returning, you know, three solid scores with Mix, Pittard, and, and Purcell. And those three can just flat light up the scoreboard, plain and simple. When you have that coming back and and then Twin just plays fantastic defense, especially on the perimeter, uh, they're, they're obviously going to be the favorite. But I think that Wood River team that you just mentioned took them to the brink, you know, lost by two. But, I mean, here is Wood River too, but everybody that they had last year that played any significant minutes is back, you know, and you can't discount them. Uh, Juan Martinez in his second year went three and 18 his first year, but he's got everybody back. And, and if you know Juan and, and I do, he is a player's coach. Those kids are going to do anything for that guy and they're going to play hard, you know? And so they've got uh, Heitzman and Pfeiffer coming back and those two can beat you alone, you know? So Wood River don't sleep on them, you know, and you talk about, you, you mentioned Burley, but I think Burley is the one that, really kind of fell down the ladder a little bit because if they would have had all their pieces playing, then they would have been right there uh, at the talk of winning the conference. But, uh, you know, their 6'10 Ontiveros transferred to Pokey and uh, Gatlin Bear didn't come out. So you've got those two pieces and it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, they still have Stockton, Sheets, and Trevino, but imagine if you had those two with Sheets and Trevino. I mean, Burley would be right there as a favorite to win the conference, but they don't. And so they've got some they've got some holes to fill with the lack of those two players. Yeah, uh, Gatlin Bear was a uh, all state, all tournament, all conference selection at Kimberly a year ago, and then he, of course, transfers to Burley. There was a video clip of him recently, Scott. Did you see this? He was in the gym uh, doing his vertical leap, a uh, forty-six inch vert. <laughs> That's insane. Wow. Wow. I mean, that kid is just one of the purest athletes that you will ever, ever meet. And holy cow, he's got a huge future ahead of him, whatever he decides to do. That's, I mean, that's, that's insane. 
that's basically head like at the rim. And so, uh, you know, and then somebody, you know, kind of tongue in cheek said, yeah, too bad. He's not, you know, dunking a basketball at the end of that clip as well. You know, he's just doing the, yeah. for and but Burley it, faithful are just going, man, I wish he would have come out and then we wouldn't have lost on Taveros because I mean, golly, that team right there, I think with those two would have a chance to compete for a title. I mean, they're just that good. Well, Hillcrest may have something to say about that as, as we all know, but uh, Burley would be the talk of the conference, I think. Yeah, and and plus Burley lost their coach, Max Stannard. He is at Twin yeah. Falls now as a teacher and I believe an assistant coach yeah. uh, with Glenn, Coach Glenn. So Right. Well, you know, and taking over for Burley is Brad Kerasi in his first year. And if you recognize that last name, Roger Kerasi was a longtime girls head coach uh, for the Bur- Burley Bobcats, his dad. And when I was coaching uh, head coach of girls basketball, Roger was the head coach for Burley. So he and I had many, many battles together. So the Kerasia name is not a stranger to Burley at all. Yeah. Uh, the one team we haven't talked about yet is Minico. They were picked second in the preseason coaches poll, which is pretty fitting because they finished second in this conference the last three years. Uh, what what do you make of this Minico team? They always play exceptional defense under head coach Brady Trankel. Yeah, uh, g- getting the ball in the basket has been a problem for them a little bit over the past couple of seasons. Well, you know the thing about Minico is they 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 really kind of junk the game up a lot. You know they they play it a little bit slow and physical, and it's it's a different style whenever you play Minico. And if you're not prepared for that, they're going to cause you some problems because they're not going to get into these track meets, they are going to slow you down and every possession is going to be crucial because you're not going to get many of them. Now, obviously it, it begins and ends with Brevin Trinkle, who's the scorer, the point guard. He's a tough matchup inside and out, but you know, they've got some, some pieces that can really help. I mean, Soto, uh, Stimson, Waymans, you know, those guys can really help offset the scoring because that's what Minico is going to need. They're going to need some help with Brevin to score the basketball. Um, and, you know, they didn't really graduate anybody too significant from last year. So this is a team that's returning some pieces. And if they can figure out how to help Brevin score, Minico and, and head coach Brady Trinkle, they know how to mess a game up and throw you off your rhythm a little bit. So they're going to be in the mix as well. Yeah, and kind of a surprising result to me from last night, Scott. So last yeah. night was kind of the opener in conference play. We talked about Twin Falls had that tight two-point win over uh, Wood River, uh, but Mountain Home takes it to Minico and wins 42-31. to 31. The Tigers of Mountain Home were picked to finish last in the preseason poll. Uh, Brian Bethel is a great coach, and he's, you know, we had him, uh, we talked about him and, and his son Brandon Bethel uh, quite a bit on the uh, prep cast last year. Brandon yep. now playing football at the University of Utah. But man, Mountain Home's got a couple of big dudes in Lauren Wright and John Tetralt. And um, it seems like Tetralt's been there forever, but uh, this is his final year. But uh, what, yeah. what do you make of Mountain Home? I, it's, I tell you what, Mountain Home is going to be tough to beat because, like you said, the Tetralt kid is, is going to be a, a kid that can just flat get it done around the rim. And if he can get some guard help from people like Sable and Fulbright and Wright, you know, that's going to open up things in the middle because Tetral is a beast, you know, and people thought, you know, Wood River or excuse me, Mountain Home losing uh, Brandon Bethel and CJ Mann, you know, who's playing at C of I now uh, that the cupboard was basically empty, but Mountain Home is, 
If you can play the game around the rim, you're always going to have a chance. And they're going to have that chance with the 6'5 Tetral. So, yeah, don't don't sleep on them either, even though they're picked to finish last. And, you know, the one team that we haven't talked about uh, at all is Canyon Ridge. And what a weird dynamic this is. Uh, on paper, Canyon Ridge is the best team year in and year out. I mean, they've got all the dudes, um, but they have an interesting scenario this year because they've got that, you know, they have their fifth year player in La Pumba who, you know, played and I think he scored 24 the other night. But, you know, for those that aren't following that story, you know, Cannon Ridge uh, petitioned to get La Pumba an extra year of eligibility. So he's playing five years of high school sports, which is unheard of. Um, but the caveat to all that is that he cannot play in the postseason. So here's a team in Canyon Ridge who is going to play their entire season with Lapumba being a huge part of it. And then all of a sudden, when district tournament rolls around, he can't play. So how are you going to manage that? And I think that's going to be an interesting side note as you watch Canyon Ridge develop. Now, they've got a lot of size. They've got guys that can flat out play. I mean, McIntyre, Cartwright, Brown, Robinson, Huff, Funk, you know, I mean, all the list goes on for these guys. And that is what Canyon Ridge can do is they can just trot dudes out that are big and they get it done. You know, um, they just need to, to figure out how to keep it going through an entire season because they start really fast then they fizzle a little bit and then they just go on this valley. You know, I mean, they've had two games uh, where they lost to capital and then they turn around and hang 83 on skyline. So that's Canyon Ridge for you. So talent, absolutely. Um, but it's going to be an interesting development to see how they pull that team together, considering the storylines that are there with that team. Yeah. So uh, S Sam Lapumba came from uh, a foreign country and I, I don't remember which country it is off the top. I mean, we're, we're hoping to maybe get Sam on and his coach Darren Van, uh, Van Hofwagen to, to talk about this a little bit because it is something that we don't see often in Idaho. So uh, S Sam came right. from a foreign country um, and basically w was a year behind in, in development, right? And yeah, from what I understood, they, they misplaced him yeah. because they didn't have the paperwork that they needed to place him correctly. And then, and, and I, I could be wrong, but this is what I was told. And, and I would love to have him on to, to clarify everything. But when they finally got what they needed, they realized they had misplaced him. And so they wanted to make sure that he was placed correctly. And then hence the fifth year eligibility thing, but it doesn't include any postseason. Yeah. So that is an interesting dynamic because you want to play him obviously, because, because you, you, you're, you you want to give him that fifth year so he has a chance to continue to mature and possibly mm -hmm. maybe play at the next level right 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 he's he's a big time uh prospect um so you you want to play him so he has a chance to showcase those abilities but at the same time you don't want him taking too many minutes away from guys that you're going to need to to count on down the stretch so you're right it is this tightrope that you have to maneuver it, it's it is and, and the way this conference is set to shake up i mean it's going to be anybody's anybody's game. I mean, I think one game that is going to tell a lot is going to be tomorrow night where Jerome goes over to twin and Jerome came out of the gates three and Oh, with wins over Buell Ridgeview and Kimberly last night and going up against uh, the, the conference preseason favorite. It's going to be a great measuring stick because 
<coughs> excuse me, some of these guys for Jerome, you've never heard of before. Other than Skylar Mauer and a little bit of Keenan Blair, you, you don't know who these kids are. You know, you got Trey Burke who can just flat down knock a three. Uh, six, six, Sam likely, where did, where'd he come from? You know, I mean, he played JV last year. So, I mean, you've got one dude with any varsity experience yet. I mean, you got Joe Messick as your coach. I mean, that's, he's going to be able to put anything together. So I think that, that tomorrow night's matchup is really going to be a measuring stick for who is the top dog in this conference. Yeah. And you mentioned Jerome off to a three and zero start, including a win over Kimberly. That's a great way for us to segue into three yeah. a basketball where Kimberly is not only the defending uh, sawtooth central Idaho conference champion, but they're the defending three a state champions. They were the four seeded state last year, uh, ended up winning the title. Thanks to a smothering man to man defense that set a record, uh, fewest points allowed in a championship game. It might've been fewest points allowed in a, in a game period at three, a state in that championship against McCall Donnelly, they put on an all-time defensive clinic. Uh, and yet they did lose some guys from that team, right? Uh, they yeah. lost Jackson bear, Gatlin bear. Uh, they lost uh, one of the Cummins, but the cupboard's not completely empty. And so Kimberly tabbed as the favorite again in district four for class three, a, yeah, you know, and the thing about Kimberly is is that is a school that is just going to bring athletes one after the other. I mean, the dynamic and the makeup of that community is so different than some of these other communities. And, you know, Kimberly's a great place uh, just because they, they, just, they, they just get it done. I mean, it's just one athlete after another there. I mean, I mean, you can talk about socioeconomics. You can talk about all this, whatever. But Kimberly's a really cool place because they can – continue to do that. Now I watched them play last night against Jerome and I tell you what, this team is going to be pretty good. You know, I mean, of course, Darren Gary, who's got about a 15 decades of experience coaching, you know, he, he's going to know how to put it together, but there were some, some players on that team that are going to make some noise. And I think one kid that stood out to me is, is uh, Broden Anthony, the sophomore, you know, I mean, that kid just flat out can handle the basketball and get to the rim, you know, and you look at this Kimberly th team, once they get kind of playing together, because like you mentioned, they lost a bunch of people. This is a team that can shoot the three. They love to penetrate and get to the rim and they have some length. And so once they kind of get their season going, keep an eye on Kimberly. This is going to be a really good basketball team. Yeah, Coach Gary, in, in our preseason uh, questionnaire we send out to every coach, you know, he sent it back and said, you know, defense is going to be our calling card again. And he said, we want to scramble around to discourage post play, <laughs> is how he put yeah. it. <laughs> and, and they do that. They do a really good job of that because they they just pass it around the perimeter, penetrate the rim. If you get an open look from the three, they're going to hit it. Um, and defensively, they, they've got some length like I said, and they're going to keep teams uh, guessing offensively. So, I mean, keep your eye on Kimberly. For sure. So Kimberly picked to win the league again. Buell was picked second. Filer was picked third. To me, Buell and Filer kind of on equal footing. I think they both have potential. Both have great coaches. Dan Wynn for, for Buell, Rob Anderson for Filer. Uh, what do you make of second and third? You know, I, I saw Buell play as well. And, and I know, uh, Dan Wynn really well. He's been a close friend of mine for 30 years. And he he definitely is a great coach. He is 
got some size this year. And as I watch them play, they've got some pieces too. I mean, they have a junior transfer in Dominic Pierce. They've got a freshman in Tate Trevino. Both of those guys are really good, you know, but again, it's going to take a little gelling time for that Buell team to come together. But I think what you you got to remember is they do have size. They got four dudes that are like over six foot, you know, and they can, they can put some size on the floor, whether it's Hunsaker at 6'3", Kelly at 6'2", Sullivan at 6'4", Jackson Allen at 6'5". At the 3A level, you can put your front line that big. Once you get them going together, that could be a tough team to beat because of the two guys we just mentioned. That's going to be uh, Tate Trevino and Dominic Pierce, who from the outside, man, you put three of those bigs in there with a two-guard front that can actually score and you got to pay attention to the perimeter. Buell is going to make some noise, and Dan Wynn is a good coach, and I think they'll 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 get it together. Yeah, when Coach Gary from Kimberly said we want to scramble around to discourage post play, he he's talking about Buell. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. But but I think what you have to understand too is it is it people that are looking at records alone, they're not going to get the full story because you know you want to look at season schedules. Look at Buell's schedule; they have got an absolute gauntlet of a schedule because I mean, those three, a teams here, they play a lot of the four A's that are around here, you know, for obvious reasons and in four A's play the three A's. I mean, that we just don't have any five A's around here for the four A's to play. So, so Jerome four A's are playing Kimberly and they're playing Buell, you know, and those kind of things. Well, that's great for Kimberly and Buell and Filer and those kids, but you know, the Indians, they've got, Half of their opponents from that are on the schedule that played at the state tournament last year, and that's including three A's and four A's. So they play a really tough schedule, and that is going to benefit them down the road. So, yeah. Uh, for Filer, Rob Anderson, head coach there, I got to see Filer play last year at the Preston Indians Classic, the little holiday tournament Preston hosts. Mm-hmm. I got to see Jerome play at that as well, by the way. Jerome won that tournament over Preston in the championship. Uh, but but I got to see Filer play. They were a team that didn't have any size last year. That was their big problem is that they just yeah. didn't they didn't have their tallest, you know, their posts were like 5'10", 5'11". And, and Joseph Berteo was a great post, you know, if he was, you know, 6'2", 6'3", you know, he'd be an all-state type of player. Um, he, he graduated along with nine other seniors. So nine for Coach, seniors. Coach Anderson, this is kind of a rebuild. Yeah, I mean, he's got – returning juniors in case and Christensen and Jared Evans, but you know, it's going to be a, a rebuilding year for Filer. And I, and I, and I tell you what, you know, I've been calling state tournaments for a very long time. Um, and from the boys side of things, you just don't win a state title unless you have paint presence. You know, I mean, you think about it, people look at all these, these guard heavy teams and they think, Oh, they're going to be so good. They can shoot the ball. Well, you know, I tell you what, it, it, it's not like that every night out. You don't shoot the ball well every single night. But if, you play, if you're playing in the paint, it's a heck of a lot easier to convert those shots uh, than on the perimeter. And plus, on top of that, you know, you, you look at a, a state tournament, you're playing out of your normal gym, and that's where you're used to shooting. Well, paint presence negates that. And so all the tournaments that I've, I've covered, the teams that have succeeded have had paint presence. Okay, and so just keep that in mind as you move forward uh, with these teams, because the ones that are going to last in the end are going to have dudes 
in in the key. That's right. I mean, Hillcrest won the 4A title with Isaac Davis, just a monster wow. down low being the anchor there for sure. So, uh, and then and then finally we have Gooding in this conference where. Uh, you know, speaking of a presence, they've got a pretty good presence on the sideline in, in longtime uh, coach Ryan Pope. Now, I say longtime, not at Gooding, but just he's had a long career in the state of Idaho. He's now the athletic director at Gooding, and he's he's back coaching basketball on the sidelines as well. So that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, you know, and, and Ryan was uh, here at Jerome a little bit ago and uh, got to know him. Matter of fact, his son was my assistant my very first year as AD. So, I mean, the Popes are, are just great people, and Ryan is going to do a good job. I mean, he's got a couple of juniors coming back that he can work with and Braden Martin and Bryce Patterson. But, uh, you know, he's going to have to put his stamp on a on a 3-19 and 19 team that's returning. So they're kind of in a rebuild mode as well. But, you know, Coach Pope is, is, is a quality dude, and, and he'll get the most out of them. Yeah, we need his uh, his son Alec is uh, a college student at BYU. We need we need Alec back in the state of Idaho because he he was a broadcaster for us. Yes, uh, for IdahoSports.com. So Alec, uh, fin- finish up that degree and come on back. We need you. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And and the other son Micah was my assistant. So the Pope's uh, and Idaho Sports and Jerome and whatever we all go kind of back with each other. So they're good people. Definitely. Let's move down to the two-way uh, classification, the Canyon Conference, where we talked about in girls' basketball, you know, Declo, Wendell, that's it. Boys' basketball, you add a third team in the Cutthroats from the community yeah. school of Sun Valley. They were a 1A D2 program last year, Scott, and they almost got to state. You know, they were playing carry in a game that basically was going to decide that last bid to state, and they had carry on the ropes. It was a tight game down the stretch and Sun Valley was like the eight seed last year. It would have been an ultimate like Cinderella shocker. They fell just short. Um, so now as they move up to two a, that's a big, it's a big leap. They leap two levels, you know, it didn't hurt yeah. them in soccer at all, but we'll see for hoops. No, I mean, they've got to, they've got some pretty good culture going on at the community school that they're able to, to make these transitions. But <clears throat> I mean, this is a, excuse me, this is a conference that has changed a little bit too, because if you remember Valley was in it last year, and it's all about, you know, getting hot at the right time. I and mean, when you talk about the two-way conference in the Magic Valley, it's Wendell and Declo. That's it. Well, in basketball, we've got a couple of different players. Valley last year, who ended up going to state out of this conference, they're gone. They've dropped back down. But to replace them is the uh, cutthroats. But, you know, you look at um, for these uh, for Wendell. Let's, let's talk Wendell for a minute. You know, head coach J.J. Kelsey in his fifth season, they've got some dudes coming back, you know, and and I like this team. I mean, they do have Diego Torres is the only returning all-conference player. But, you know, Carson LeMoyne, Justin Egbert, they're going to play key roles for them. And, I mean, this is a team that, I mean, they just had a big win uh, over Kim, Kimberly? I mean, yeah, they beat Kimberly. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. So, I mean, that's huge. So this Wendell team is is going to be really, really good. I mean, Declo, they lost four all-conference players last season. So I think when you look at this thing, it's Wendell's to lose. But you never look – the community school, boy, what a big question mark that is. Yes, for sure. So, yeah, with Wendell, you know, they got to state two years ago, Scott, and I was broadcasting the 2A state tournament for IdahoSports.com. So I got to know Coach Kelsey and who who was on his staff. 
he he had like you know five or six assistant coaches it seemed like it looked like an nba team but uh <laughs> ryan pope and micah pope were both assistant right. coaches for him two years ago at wendell and they got to state uh one in the opening round and got to the semifinals on really nasty defense they, mm-hmm. they basically defended the perimeter and said we dare you to let it fly and um it's those tenants that still exist there for wendell so i do i do like this wendell team they're three and zero against three three a opponents american falls a three-point win kimberly a three-point win and then they just beat gooding last night by 30 46 to 16 so we talk about winning against bigger competition helps, but winning close games, especially early in the season helps as well, because you learn how to play and execute in tight situations. Oh, no question about it. I mean, the the worst thing you can do as a team is just blaze through your season and not get challenged, you know, not get beat because then you don't know how to handle adversity. You know, you don't know how to win tight ones. You don't know how to, you know, take the shot. I mean, I was talking to some kids um, about a game that, everybody was hot, you know, and I'm like, well, you shoot the ball a whole lot differently when you're up 20 than when you're down one, you know, so make those shots when you're down one and let's see if it's the same thing, you know, so that's exactly what you need. Close games do more for you than anything else. Yep. All right. Let's go to one AD one, the snake river conference where in our preseason coaches poll. And by the way, you can uh, look at the preseason coaches polls for every conference in the state of Idaho on our website, idahosports.com. It's on the homepage. You got to scroll down a little bit past all the great wrestling coverage we have, but it's there. And then um, also we've got boys basketball previews uh, for every conference in the state as well. And that's right. Smack dab at the top of the homepage at idahosports.com. So you can get all your season preview stuff there. Uh, in this conference, we talked about it in wow. football. We talked about it in girls basketball last week. Carrie is the is the storyline moving up from one AD two. They were a they're a perennial state participant. Dick Simpson has taken that team to state. I feel like the last thirty years. I mean, it's got to be they they've got one of the longest active streaks of going to state. Um, and and now here they are moving up a level, picked to finish in a tie for first in the preseason coaches poll along with lighthouse Christian. Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a weird conference now because it doesn't look the same as it did last year. I mean, there are four new teams in this conference, you know, including Valley that we just got done talking about um, carry. Um, but yeah, you, you talk about carry and you, you just can't talk about carry without just saying they know how to win. I mean, we talk about it in football all the time. You know, we talk about it in basketball. I mean, this is a, this is a, a a school that just knows how to get it done. They're these hard nosed, you know, country boys that just get it done. And we, and, and I've gone off on tangents on all of our podcasts. It seems like about kind of the makeup and the Americana and all that kind of stuff carries it, man. And so they've got, they've got a couple of good players coming back. I mean, Carson Perks, Connor Simpson, they're going to lead the way. And uh, you know, and, and I, I think they're going to make some noise and they're, and they're picking up kind of where they left off in football too. You know, they're very successful football, tends to set the stage for a lot of the boy sports moving forward. And when you're successful in football, you know, it just feeds everything else coming after it. Yeah. So it's going to be really fun to see how Kerry competes. Uh, Lighthouse is the team that was also picked to tie for first. I got to see Lighthouse last year at state. Uh, they they went on a run and, and got to state and, and went two and out. But uh, Lighthouse Christian's got some fun athletes. Jack DeYoung, 
Uh, they've got a really awesome point guard, real slick ball handler, um, uh, Yamada, Hayato, Hayato Yamada. He, he was so fun to watch last year at State. Um, Lighthouse Christian is working in a new head coach this year. They had Mike Brown. He had to, to leave the team midway through the season. Daquan Montreal ended up taking over the team you know, in January, he's now gone. He, he went back to, was, is it CSI? CSI I assistant athletic director now at CSI. Yeah. So, you know, uh, lighthouse has a new AD now in, in Jesse Clark. He's coaching the girls team. Uh, Steve Denny is now coaching the lighthouse boys. So the, the admin and the coaches are all different, but a lot of the athletes are the same and that bodes well, I think for lighthouse. Oh, no question about it. I think one thing that lighthouse has working in their favor is they've got depth. You know, they've got a lot of guys that they can just put onto the floor. And a lot of times in these 1A conferences, you know, you don't have a lot of dudes. And if one dude goes down, it, it affects everything. And so obviously with any team at any level, it's going to be your injuries and, and you know, staying healthy. But a lot of times you, you see teams that are really good until you get to their bench. And then it's like, man, if I can – foul a kid out or if a kid gets hurt or whatever and they have to go to their bench man we have a huge advantage well i think lighthouse has enough depth that uh, they're gonna they're gonna hang around and that's gonna keep legs fresh and that's gonna keep you know people healthy when they're not going 48 minutes so i think that's the one thing that lighthouse has i mean they've got junior sam rogers jack DeYoung, uh and then you mentioned yamada i mean they're gonna have some guys that can flat out score the basketball so lighthouse might be a fun team to watch yeah, they're gonna they, they got athletes, no doubt about it. Um, Oakley is the reigning conference champ. They were picked to finish third. Oakley and Lighthouse ended up playing in a loser out game at state last year. And um boy, I'm trying to remember how that went. Oakley, I think, won that game and then they lost the next game. It was really close uh, either way. Um, Oakley, uh Cody Beck, the head coach there, his his favorite trademark line he likes to tell us is, you know, as long as we can put that orange thing in the orange thing, we'll be all right. And that's that's always been the thing with Oakley is, you know, can they make enough shots? Because we know they've got the defense. Can the offense provide enough? Yeah, you know, and Oakley's one of those teams that are going to be perennial favorites to win the conference. I mean, they're returning a lot of dudes. They've got five key players coming back, uh, including – you know, seniors Porter Pickett, William Pregitzer, uh, Keyshawn Crocker, uh, juniors Isaac Cranny, and, and Bridger Duncan coming back. But they've got size, they've got speed, they've got depth. Um, you know, and and these are this is a team that Coach Beck can put and play up to ten guys. You know, in a game. I mean, most teams, even at the four A level, you're seven deep. You know, you get into that 10th dude, you're either getting blown out or you're blowing somebody out. For Coach Beck, I mean, he has got some depth that he can normally play 10 guys in a game that can all produce for him. So, you know, I think Oakley is is primed to win uh, the conference if they can stay healthy. But, uh, man, what a, what a solid team coming back for Oakley. Yeah, they were picked to finish third. Valley was picked to finish fourth. And and we know what kind of program Valley has with Coach Hardy year in, year out. Won the 2A conference last year. Now they're at the 1A D1 level. They're the only undefeated team still. Valley off to a 4-0 start, including a win over Oakley by a final of 55-37 to 37 last night. Now, that was a non-conference game. That doesn't count in the conference standings because the league is so big. Only the second matchup between every team will count. Um, but 
I, I Valley's good, but people are probably going to go, boy, Oakley, yeah, they just don't have it this year. They're still getting their basketball legs under them. They went on a deep run in football where they won the championship and then yeah. it's basically right into basketball, whereas Valley's had a little more time to get acclimated to round ball. So the early season results for Oakley, I, I mean, I wouldn't put too much stock into them. I think you're absolutely right, and people need to remember that because a lot of these these – schools that went deep into the state football playoffs, especially these smaller schools, these are the same guys that are playing basketball. You know, they don't have a whole new set of basketball dudes ready for the season. It's the same guys. And so it's going to take them a bit to get going. And then if you've got a situation like you just mentioned to where that first game doesn't matter and you're coming off of all that, I mean, kind of factor that into the equation a little bit as well. Now I'm not taking anything away from Valley because, you know, Brian Hardy's a heck of a good basketball coach and, you know he's got uh, he's got a good player coming back in Kyle Christensen, but uh, he's got a young squad, and uh, they're going to take some time to gel. So, you know it's tough to put a lot of stock into these early games at this level, especially when you consider what we just talked about. Yep, I would keep an eye on Valley for sure, though. Kyle Christensen yep. is a difference maker, uh, and and then you know that that was kind of the consensus I got from coaches, like the top four pretty clearly established carry lighthouse oakley valley line them up in any order and then you know the impression i got was then maybe that's a tier and, th and then we drop into the next tier which is basically everybody else and kind of right. shake them up and pull them out and we'll see you know officially in our coaches poll castle ford was fifth raft river six murtaugh seven hansen eight glens ferry nine shoshone ten and the difference i would say between the top four and and the other six teams that are in this league is and you said it earlier scott depth depth all yeah. of those all of those teams that are in the bottom six all have a guy that can go you know bryce sanford for murtaugh tate whitaker for raft river uh benzaval from shoshone uh you talk about salvador camarillo for hansen um you know but i just don't know that they have the depth that those top four teams all have no, I think you're. I think you hit the head, nail right on the head because when you look at the different tiers, that top tier, they have that depth. The bottom tier, they're maybe trying to figure out who's going to step in to to provide that depth, because I mean basketball seasons are, you know, they're they're a long, it's it's a grind. It is a absolute grind, and if you are just have one or two dudes, with no depth, that is going to be a tough tough deal. So definitely, uh, I will, I will say Murtaugh, <laughs> you're kid. Uh, yeah, Murtaugh is off to a three and one start, um, with wins over Liberty charter notice and Rimrock. Those are all teams from district three Glenn's Ferry off to a two and one start as well. They've got a new head coach in uh, Jared Lemieux. Uh, he had previously been the baseball coach, I believe at Rimrock. So he's come over to Glenn's Ferry. So both of those teams are off to nice starts and we'll, continue to monitor them as we go along we'll wrap up now at the 1a d2 level and the sawtooth conference where boy howdy you better buckle up and and, and strap in because this is going to be a dogfight all year long this is a league that gets one bid to state scott that's it and a couple of different coaches in the league told me that dietrich camas county and richfield are all among the eight best teams in one AD two basketball this year. And only one gets to go to state. Boy, how unfortunate is that? You know, because we talk about the one, a conferences here in the magic Valley. 
whether it's football, basketball, whatever, they are dominant, you know, as far as the number of teams that can compete. And, and this is a conference right now with the teams you just mentioned that, you know, there's going to be a couple of teams staying home that could actually do some damage at the state tournament. And I, and I hate to see that, but that's just the way it is. You know, we talk about Camas County and the year of the musher last year, you know, they get all the way to the state title game and they lost by two points to Rockland. Um, but this is a, this is a team that's got to, you know, some players returning, you know, I mean, Trey Smith, who was the defensive MVP and an all state tournament team. Uh, they've got Tristan Smith, Emmett Palin. I mean, they've got some guys returning and they've also know what it takes to win in, in a grind of a conference, you know, so, uh, that's Camus, but you know, the mushers are kind of that defensive oriented team and that's what you need. So, I mean, and as far as Dietrich, you know, they've got head coach Wayne Dill, who's been there forever. Um, and he definitely knows how to get it done. And, you know, you, you said that he thinks that the three of the top D2 teams in the state are coming out of this conference. And I would agree with him, you know, um, you know, we watched Cody power play state football. Well, he's going to lead their basketball team now. So, <coughs> excuse me. So they're going to be a team that's going to transition from football to basketball uh, as well. So Hayden Estelle, uh, Lane Dilworth, these guys are all going to be players for him in during the season. I'm going to take it over for you. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're good. You're good. And then and then Richfield is the third team that could really contend. Clay Kent, Luke Dalton, a fantastic one-two punch there for head coach Chris Tabor. And, you know, Hagerman's just young. They're they're a younger team, and it's easy. Hagerman's going to get lost in the shuffle this year because you've got these three giants all playing. But Hagerman has a good chance as well. You know, new coach in uh, – and Jim Brown, he's also the superintendent there at uh, Hagerman or, or principal. I can't remember, but he's an admin at Hagerman and coaching the Pirates. They've got Kai Kendall, who's a great sophomore to keep an eye on. And and I think when you look at the standings right now, Richfield is three and zero, Camas County is two and zero, Dietrich is two and one. I mean that is a combined seven and one amongst the top teams, uh, and all of those have been against one A D one competition so up a level with the exception of uh you know camas county actually no camas county has played two two games up as well so uh they've beaten teams like lighthouse castle ford butte county i mean these are all really good 1a d1 schools so i the proof's in the pudding at least in the early returns camas richfield dietrich all outstanding yeah and, and that they're going to have some battles because they know what's at stake you know and as far as Hagerman goes, you know, they, they just have to be in that rebuilding mode to where they're not the doormat of the conference, you know, because they're going to have to make themselves relevant by just playing hard and not getting 30 point run ruled, that kind of stuff. I mean, make those other teams play, you know, because like you said, they are going to get lost in the shuffle uh, with the powerhouses they have in this conference. But, you know, this conference right here, is going to be one of those things that's going to start an argument. Um, if it shakes out the way that it is supposed to shake out, you're going to have, like I said, two teams that could do damage at the state tournament sitting home, and that's going to start a discussion. Yeah, it's going to be uh, very interesting. The discussion's already been happening you know, over where I live in East Idaho with Preston Pocatello Century in basketball at the 4A level, right? And only one of those mm -hmm. teams could Yes, go. exactly. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's it's coming to a head soon, I think. You know, how do we how do we figure this thing out? Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes this year. A lot of these uh, Magic Valley teams, Scott, boys and girls, are going to be competing over in uh, Meridian on Saturday or Boise. The annual small school showcase comes to uh, the Treasure Valley. The boys will play at Mountain View. Hi, in Meridian. The girls, I believe this is the first time there's a girls small school showcase. They're going to play at Timberline High over in uh, Boise. You know, boys teams that are playing. And if you're a, if you're a basketball fan, like this, this is your nirvana. The first game on the boys side is at 830 in the morning. The last game is at 830 at night. It is 10 games all in a row, all featuring 1A schools. So this is good stuff. That'll be a lot of fun just to sit and watch. And boy, you talk about getting your finger on the pulse of 1A basketball. Just show up there and then you have all the talking points that you need to have. That's right. The players are there. Yeah. If you can get there at 830 in the morning, I, I'm really curious to see how the players can can manage at 830 in the morning, but whatever. Yeah, the first Magic Valley team plays at 10 a.m. That's Dietrich. Uh, Dietrich will play Liberty Charter. Uh, then you've got Shoshone will play Wilder. Uh, that'll be at 1230. You'll have Lighthouse Christian play Marcine at two o'clock. So I guess Marcine's a two A, um, but I think they're the only one. Um, then you'll have Richfield and Council. That's going to be the game of the night right there. It's Richfield and Council. Council is a heavy favorite over in District 3 this year for 1AD2. Richfield, of course, we talked about. They've got great potential this year. Uh, Camas County is going to play North Star Charter. Hanson will play compass charter as well at six thirty or uh, seven o'clock actually at night so really good competition on the boy side and then you know on the girls side as well you've got you know carrie's going to be there competing i know uh there's going to be some really fantastic games let me pull up the schedule for that real quick so camas county is going to play raft river at 1 15 p.m that's an all magic valley matchup there uh you will also have uh as I mentioned, uh, Lighthouse Christian will be there to play Compass Charter. Hagerman will play Victory Charter. Shoshone will play Liberty Charter. Uh, and then uh, Carrie is there. They'll be competing as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun for these small schools to go over to Boise and kind of have the day to themselves to, to highlight what they can do. Oh, it's going to be tons of fun. And like I said, if if you are – in want to know what is going on in 1A basketball, get your butt up there and watch. And then you can see how all these conferences shake out. Yep. Carrie's going to play Tri-Valley. I was struggling to remember their opponent, oh, okay. uh, but, but Carrie will play Tri-Valley uh, at 630 uh, in the girls' small school showcase. So yeah, uh, great weekend of basketball action. And that kind of puts a bow on all of our, our preview stuff that we're doing here, Scott. So next week we'll get back into the regular flow of Hey, here's two or three, you know, stories, headlines, things we noticed across the entire spectrum of sports, whether it's boys basketball, girls basketball, wrestling. Um, so we'll get back into like the regular routine, but preview season is over and now it's time to actually start talking about results and things like that. So, it is. We are going to be in the throes of winter sports before too long. Holiday tournaments coming up. Uh, we have the big Tim Matthews wrestling uh, tournament going on here tomorrow and Saturday. So, you know, we, we talk about uh, these teams starting to flex their muscle and separate themselves, whether it's basketball or wrestling or, or whatever it is, it's going to start to happen now. So it's going to be a lot of fun. 
For sure. And and for all the wrestling fans out there in the Magic Valley, friendly reminder, we have launched a standalone wrestling-only podcast every Tuesday night. We'll go live on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. Of course, you can go back and listen the next day as well. Uh, it's the Matt Chat PrepCast. It's, it's wrestling-only, and we... We got great reception for our very first show last Tuesday night, Scott. It was a good time. So, Oh, you guys killed it. I mean, that is such an awesome thing, and it's dedicated to a sport that is growing exponentially. It is, I mean, when you factor in the girls now that, you know, has their state tournament last year and and all these new schools that are having women's wrestling and and how that sport is growing, man, it's so, it's, it's filling a niche, and you guys are doing a great job. Yeah, real quick, you mentioned girls wrestling last year at state. They had eight, uh, eight woman brackets, right? This year they wanted to expand to 16 competitor brackets for each weight class. And they said, okay, we need at least 600 females competing in wrestling throughout the state to hit that number. Uh, just a couple nights ago, it was announced that they, they blew past that. You know, we're talking like close to 800 girls wrestling around the state of Idaho. So they're going to expand those brackets to 16 this year. It's so exciting to see for, for all of the, the female wrestlers. So, Oh, it is. And I know that for, at least from, from my perspective here at Jerome, we started our women's program this year, hired a women's only coach and uh, we're getting girls out left and right that are, are excited to be part of it. And a couple of them show up in my office and tell me how tough they are and all this kind of stuff. And it's, it's fun. It's fun to see. They're not shying away from the physicality of of wrestling they're loving it and so man i I didn't think it was going to take off and grow like it has but it certainly is and it's fun to see yeah fastest growing sport in the nation is girls wrestling so uh, a lot of fun there so yes uh you can get your wrestling coverage uh each week as well on the matt chat prep cast on idahosports.com all right uh thanks for tuning into the magic valley prep cast everybody for scott burton i'm brandon baney we'll see you back here next time on idahosports.com